Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Hello everyone, welcome to Back From The Borderline, your soul-expanding and trauma-alchemizing podcast serving up self-awareness and spirituality. So if you are ready to disrupt those self-limiting thoughts and self-sabotaging behaviors and finally come home to you, you have come to the right place. Now, before we dive into today's episode, you will notice that my voice sounds a little huskier than even usual. I have a very husky deep voice anyway, but today it's even more so because I am recovering from COVID-19. I'm feeling much better, but I have been down this entire week. COVID is no joke. This new variant is very contagious and I've been very, very sick. And I hope you all are taking good care of yourself out there and anyone who is recovering from COVID or who has had it, my thoughts go out to you because this shit is no joke. It has completely knocked me for six. I want to take a moment to thank all of you who have submitted feedback on last week's episode all about the idea of spiritual starvation and moving beyond the labels of diagnoses. I was just so blown away with the feedback and I love that so many of you are on board with the new direction that the podcast is taking. We are moving away from disorder labels and diagnoses and we are diving deep into self-awareness and spirituality because that is what is actually proven to be the most impactful thing for me in my spiritual growth and my recovery journey. So I'm really excited about this new direction that we'll be taking it together. I hope that it's going to allow even more people to find the podcast and for us to grow together and show the world that we can change, that change is possible, that we are dynamic, unique human beings that cannot be pigeonholed into a man-made label. I want to read a comment I received on the episode by one of my premium subscribers, Bill, and he said, I'm interested in the turn things are taking, very Socratic. This is what dialectics is all about. Let us interrogate these concepts and systems and break them down, go beyond them and draw out the truth. That seems like the core objective of both psychology and spirituality. What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What do I want? How do I get there? What should I take with me going forward and what can I leave behind? Thank you so much for that comment, Bill. And this is exactly what I want to achieve with my message. So much of the information out there when it comes to therapy, mental health, and all that jazz is, here's what you think. It is 10 steps to this, five symptoms you have if you have X disorder. It's less about how you feel about things, asking you to go deep within yourself and ask how you really feel. 
it's really easy to bypass the hard work when we are served up all these easy peasy infographics and told how we're meant to feel, told that if we have X disorder, then we are X percentage chance of remission or recovery. I don't find this discourse to be helpful at all when it comes to spiritual and psychological growth. I feel like it's really limiting to us as human beings. I want you to think about some of the greatest historical figures that we know of. Maybe someone like Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela. I could go on and give you so many examples, but think about Oprah Winfrey. People who have been through some of the most horrifying examples of trauma, some of the most profound levels of adversity that a human being could ever experience. And they have gone on to achieve great things. These people aren't special. They're no different than you or me. What they did was they dove deep into the spiritual aspect of their soul and they overcame. And I guarantee you that at some point in her life, when she was at the rock bottom of the trauma and her reactivity to that trauma, and when she was at her most unhealed point, I'm sure Oprah Winfrey could have qualified for some personality or psychological or mental health disorder. But my guess is Oprah Winfrey didn't pursue that. Or when she was wherever she grew up, she didn't even have the ability or resources to seek any treatment. But she overcame. She achieved amazing things. Can you imagine if Oprah Winfrey was alive today and she was slapped with a personality disorder and told that the best she could hope for was for her disease of the mind to go into remission? Would she have achieved what she's achieved now? We'll never know. But this is why I refuse to be slapped with any kind of disorder or label. I am a spiritual being going through a spiritual journey and I will overcome my trauma. I will overcome this adversity and so will you. I want to play a voicemail that I received from one of my listeners that she sent after she listened to last week's episode because it really touched me. And if you'd like to hear your voice on the podcast or share how an episode impacted you or a question that you have, you can do that by visiting backfromtheborderline.com. So here's that message that I received. Hi, Molly. I am listening to you from Puerto Rico. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to record this podcast. It has helped me so much that I think my healing journey can be divided into after listening to your podcast and before listening to your podcast. I was listening to the last episode called You're Not Mentally Ill, You're Spiritually Starved. And to me, it was really mind-blowing that you touched on the subject of shamans because I had my birth I read a couple of days ago and the person told me that I would have been a shaman, uh, that I have so many qualities, powerful qualities that would have made me a spiritual leader. And that you touched 
touch on that subject was so validating of that experience that I had. And yeah, I just said I had to pause this episode and just tell her that, wow, it is really resonated with me. So thank you so much for everything you do for the community. You're so inspiring. I'm really happy that I came across your podcast. Thank you for this message, Laurel. And hello, it's so exciting to hear from listeners that are tuning in from all over the world. I am sending you big love from here in the U.S. all the way to Puerto Rico. And I love that you are diving into this spiritual journey. And I've always wanted to get my birth chart read. And I love that whoever you saw told you that you could have the qualities of a spiritual leader or a shaman. I talked about in the last episode that so many of us now who have been diagnosed with mental illness or mental issues or disorders, just thousands of years ago, these could have been seen as incredibly desirable qualities and they would have been nurtured in other societies. Even societies today in different parts of the world, big emotions are seen as superpowers. And while this doesn't give us an excuse to treat people like shit and go to the dark side of our personalities, which we all have dark sides, and I think that sometimes we can get into the territory of spiritual bypassing, and I'd love to do an episode all on spiritual bypassing because I think when we go too far down the woo-woo spirituality zone, we can very easily lose our grip and grounding on reality. And so I think it's so important that we have one foot in reality and one foot in our spiritual world and we bring the two of them together. And this is how we can really harness our emotions as our superpower, tune into our intuition, and also put some space between our emotional reactivity and our actions, because I think where a lot of us get into trouble is we act on our emotions. And that's when we lose all the ability to use our emotions as our superpower. Tune into our emotions, feel them, ask them what they're trying to tell us, but it doesn't mean that we have to react on them. So for me, if someone says something that makes me immediately angry, I used to always think, I need to speak my mind. I need to tell them how that makes me feel. Now, I don't see it quite that way. Now, if I, someone says something that makes me angry, I turn that around on myself and I say, I'm feeling angry right now. My heart is pounding. What does this say about myself? What does this say about me that I'm feeling angry now? And then by putting some space between that feeling and my reaction, that's where my superpower is found. And that is where your superpower can be found as well. I'm going to play another voicemail from a listener now also responding to last week's episode. Hi, Molly. This is Jenna. I'm 21 and I'm calling from California and I'm one of your premium subscribers. I had a question about some of the stuff you've been saying lately about how you find the BPD diagnosis to be unhelpful and for labels to be unhelpful and how all diagnoses are pretty much made up. And I agree with that. And I also, you know, really resonate with the things you're saying. For me, I think it's just so tough because I'm a college student. And in order to get the accommodations I need, like in classes, 
and, you know, other social activities, like I have to really stress my diagnosis and really stress the fact that I have that I have BPD and that I'm mentally ill so that people will give me the accommodations I need because it's so hard to get accommodations for mental health challenges unless you really have that diagnosis and you stress that. So I just like for me, it's really difficult to have those two things in my head of like not wanting to identify too much with the label, but also needing to have that label in order to be understood and receive empathy and accommodations. So I just wanted to ask for your thoughts on that. I love you. You're the best and you're a beautiful soul and your podcast has changed my life. Thank you so much for this voicemail, Jenna. I love you right back. And thank you for your premium subscription. That support means the world to me. I love seeing this list of subscribers grow. You are all incredible human beings. So I can respond to this and I'm just going to speak to you as if I was speaking to my little sister or to a younger version of myself. As you know, whenever I am speaking here on this podcast, I am speaking from my own personal experience, my own opinion. I am not a mental health practitioner. I am not a doctor. And this is not medical or professional advice. And I encourage everyone listening to this to take what resonates and leave the rest, as always. You mentioned that in order to receive the accommodations that you need and the empathy that you need, that you have to stress your diagnosis and the fact that you have BPD. And what's coming up for me when I hear that is, why? You are a human being and you are deserving of empathy regardless of whether or not you are mentally ill. For me, I think we can often lean too much on these labels and say, I deserve special treatment or I deserve extra accommodations because I have a mental disorder. Maybe these are just your needs as a human being. And this question that you have is a really good segue into this week's episode topic, which is boundaries and talking about stating our needs. Because if you're anything like me, Jenna, when I first found BPD literature and CPTSD resources, I felt this immediate relief because I thought, okay, I can. I can tell people this is why. I can tell people this is why I'm really reactive. And you need to understand me because I have BPD. And if I'm really reactive or if I really don't want to push myself, I can blame it on my BPD. And I think that we get into really tricky territory there and we can start bypassing our very adult responsibility that we have to get a control of our emotional reactivity and our responsibility that we have to understand our needs and clearly articulate them to people as a sovereign human being 
Jenna, you are absolutely entitled to have needs and wants and desires as a human being, not just because you identify with the BPD label. You have needs and wants. And maybe this is about identifying your needs and wants and boundaries as a human being and less about needing special accommodations because you have BPD. Now, I want to reiterate that this is my opinion. I am not a doctor. I am not your therapist. I don't know the ins and outs of all of your special accommodations that you may very well need in your college courses. So take this all with a grain of salt. I'm just reacting based upon the voicemail that you left me. This last voicemail that I'm going to be playing today is from another one of my premium subscribers, Shelby. And this is the voicemail that inspired today's episode. So let's hear what Shelby had to say. Hey, Molly. This is Shelby. I'm 25. I live in San Diego, California. I am fucking raging right about now. So I thought this might be a good time for my first call-in. I have a really shitty relationship with my mother, but she thinks it's sunshine and fucking rainbows. Right now, I'm basically just having a hard day, trying to set some boundaries with my mom and consistently being told that I'm wrong, I'm taking her grandkids away from her, I'm breaking her heart, I'm ruining her life, how could I do this to her? I'm really laying on the guilt. And I, I want to engage. I told her a lot that I'm not going to engage, but the texts are still coming in and I don't know how to handle it. So I'm on a walk right now, trying not to engage and scream at her. If you have any better suggestions, I'd love to hear it. Sorry for the messy, completely random message, but I'm fucking in the thick of it. Oh, Shelby, I am so sorry to hear what you're going through. I can feel your frustration. And I just want to validate that first and foremost. And I am sure that so many people listening to your voicemail are also full of empathy and can understand exactly how you're feeling in this moment of recording this voicemail. While I don't have children myself, so I can't relate to the whole grandkids aspect and that area. So I'd love to take this opportunity to say that those of you who are listening, please also know that you can utilize my voicemail feature to respond to others who have submitted questions to me on the podcast. So if you have any advice or thoughts for Shelby, for those of you who have children and who have struggled setting boundaries with your mom or mother-in-law, please feel free to go to backfromtheborderline.com slash voicemail and record your response to Shelby because I'd love to also start playing some listener responses to other listeners so that you can all support one another here too. So if anyone listening has a response to Jenna, Laurel, or Shelby's questions here, feel free to send me a voicemail and I will start playing those responses on future episodes too. But Shelby, your question today in this voicemail really inspired me because not only did Jenna's question and voicemail bring up the topic of boundaries and stating our needs, so did yours. 
And this touched me so much because I feel like for those of us who are emotionally intense, highly sensitive people who have so often been stigmatized and emotionally neglected in our childhoods and not nurtured for the highly sensitive, highly emotional people that we were, we fall into codependency, people-pleasing behaviors, and we have never heard of a damn boundary in our fucking lives. And diffuse boundaries, as they call them, which means weak personal boundaries, I really believe is one of the things that can make us feel so resentful, so angry, so emotionally unhealthy, so psychologically worn down that we become a shell of ourselves. And that's why this topic is so fucking important. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, I want to mention that I'm actually reading a book right now that I got on Audible that I highly recommend. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nidra Glover Tawab. I'm probably butchering her name, but she's actually a really popular Instagram therapist. Her content is fantastic on the IG. So look up the book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Highly recommend that. She reads her book on Audible. And for those of you who know, I love Audible. Not a sponsor, just a person who loves books. And for those of you who know me well, I'm usually reading like four books at once and then listening to three audiobooks at once. And I love it when authors read their own book. And Nidra narrates her own book. And I highly recommend this book. What came up for me when I was listening to Shelby's voicemail is she feels pressured, pushed, manipulated, exploited, dominated, coerced, pressured, bullied, controlled. This is how we can feel when people overstep our personal boundaries. But so many of us don't know what to do. We feel weak and helpless. And we feel this quiet desperation, like we don't have any control over our own life. And that's what I sensed in Shelby's voice in this voicemail. And a struggle with personal boundaries can make us feel like we actually have a complete depletion of our energy. We don't have any more assertiveness. And it's time that we start drawing a clear line in the sand with our boundaries and this will allow us to reclaim our personal power. What exactly are personal boundaries? Personal boundaries are the mental, emotional, and physical walls we create to protect ourselves from being used, manipulated, or violated by other people. And these limits help us to clearly distinguish who we are and what we need from other people and their needs. Creating and maintaining personal boundaries is a essential way to cultivate physical, emotional, and psychological well-being. And if you do not have strong personal boundaries, you can just kiss your mental health goodbye. I'm saying that from personal experience. 
So why are personal boundaries so important? Personal boundaries are an essential part of creating and upholding a healthy self-image. And when a person has a strong personal boundaries, it says to the world that we are healthy, we respect ourselves, we have self-worth. So by creating boundaries, it actually helps us feel good about ourselves and preserves our personal integrity. But without personal boundaries, we are risking confusing our needs and wants with those of other people, and that leads to codependency. Codependency is a term that describes a toxic one-sided relationship, and it is impossible to enjoy a healthy relationship without strong and clear boundaries. So Shelby, for example, without healthy and strong boundaries, it will be impossible to enjoy a healthy relationship with your mother. So when we lack personal boundaries, there's also a risk of experiencing stress and feelings of hopelessness. Does that sound familiar to you? Overcommitting to everyone and everything tends to take a serious toll on your mental health, which eventually leads to burnout or worse, a nervous breakdown. And I don't know about you, and I'm sure Shelby can relate to this. I'm not saying that Shelby was experiencing a nervous breakdown. Also, one of my favorite things is when people call nervous breakdowns nervy bees. I'll constantly be like, I'm about to have a nervy bee. So we can have a total nervy bee without personal boundaries. And that's on us, y'all. People are going to take and take and take. And if we allow it to happen, they're going to keep fucking doing it. Lack of personal boundaries can result in feelings of being worthless, weak, or not good enough. And in other words, our self-esteem is completely depleted. And we might struggle with issues like chronic self-doubt or self-loathing. Not being able to voice our truth and communicate our needs in a clear way completely disintegrates us. It leads us to fall apart. We can't stand in our power. So I did some digging online and I put together these 18 signs that you have poor personal boundaries. Let's go through them together. And as I'm reading these out, really tune in to your intuition. Tune in. Do these sound like you? And if they do, this should be a huge red flag. This means that you really need to be listening deeply to this episode. You fail to speak up when you're treated badly. You give away too much of your time. You agree with a person when you actually feel like disagreeing. You say yes to a person when you want to say no. You feel guilty for dedicating time to yourself. You feel taken for granted by others. You allow people to touch you when you feel uncomfortable or want them to stop. You have toxic relationships. In other words, you're always giving and the other person is always taking. You make too many grand sacrifices for others at your own expense. You're passive aggressive and you might have manipulative tendencies as a ways to try to regain your lost power. I want to talk more about that one because that is me. 
you constantly feel like the victim. You feel like you have to earn respect by being nice. You overshare details about your life with others. You feel guilty when others aren't happy, as if you're responsible for their happiness. You are what other people want and need you to be, and not who you need to be. You're out of touch with your needs. You attract people who try to control or dominate you. You have chronic fear about what others think of you. So let's talk about some of these. I think it's really important. Specifically, the passive-aggressive thing. When we don't have boundaries, it builds up in our spirit, y'all. If you go for so long without speaking your needs and letting people take and take and take, without actually and expecting people to read your mind and not standing in your power and setting boundaries, we can become really passive-aggressive and start to lash out at people. And that's not fair because the fact of the matter is sometimes people become so used to the constantly give, 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 give version of ourselves that there comes a point where we've had such shitty boundaries for so long with people that it's not even their fault anymore. They just think, okay, this is who she is. And then we explode. How many of you can relate to the fact that eventually, like, I, how many times have I been in my fucking kitchen, passive aggressively scrubbing the counter and just like looking over at my boyfriend, just living his best life, sitting on the couch and be like, wow, he never fucking helps me. Wow, must be nice to sit on the fucking couch. But dude, <laughs> and if I just asked him, hey, do you think you could help me clean? Or I didn't even need to be cleaning in that moment. I just felt like no one else is going to do it. Or me feeling like I have to plan dinner. I have to do the laundry because no one else is going to do it. No, it's because I am so incapable of speaking out the fact that I am overwhelmed, that I need help. And this is what's really important about boundaries is it turns a lot of us into really mean-spirited passive-aggressive, angry, explosive people. And it is only our responsibility to set fucking boundaries. It's on us to do that. Another thing, oversharing. I struggled so deeply with oversharing for so long. And it's something I'm constantly having to check myself on now. And now when I see people oversharing, in my life and I watch it happen, I'm overcome with so much empathy for those people and it fills me with such an, an uncomfortable feeling when I watch someone overshare with someone who's not very close to them because a psychologically healthy person knows the difference between someone who is a close and intimate partner or friend who is deserving of your intimate, close, secret details. So for example, not everyone needs to know about your BPD diagnosis, for example. Also, I would wager to say, do you really want to be telling people openly about the fact that you've been diagnosed with a mental health disorder? Because that can and will be used against you. You will be treated differently. In my opinion, 
this information is for us and our very close, intimate circle. And that's it. I used to tell people intimate details like coworkers about my sex life, my dating life. This stuff will be used against you. People will talk shit behind your back, even if they don't say it to your face. They're going to see you as someone who's like a little unstable, a little unbalanced because they are right to think that it's not healthy psychologically to disclose really personal, intimate details about yourself. So not only is it unhealthy and a sign of poor boundaries, it's also opening you up to being hurt by others. I can't tell you how many times I've been burned by opening up too fast, too soon to people that did not deserve my trust. And if I could go back and tell a younger version of myself to really keep my personal, close, intimate details close to my chest until someone really earned my trust, that would have saved me so much suffering. If you feel the need to disclose a lot of personal information really quickly to people you don't know very well, That is a surefire sign of really poor boundaries. True intimacy, really close, long-lasting relationships are built over time. And I really want to stress this to you. Early on in mine and Zaz's relationship, I almost lost him so many different times. And this man has the patience of a saint, I swear. But some of the rockiest times in our relationship was Zaz really trying to express to me that his intimacy and his love and his trust, it would take time for me to earn it. And I felt personally offended by Zaz's boundaries when I first met him. How many of you can relate to that? When people won't open up to you immediately or they tell you that love and trust takes time, or they're not telling you they love you soon enough in a relationship, my God, how many of you can relate to that? I remember when I was talking about marriage and kids so early on in mine and Zaz's relationship, and Zaz was so put off by that. And that was one of the earliest times that I learned how unhealthy my relationship to love and intimacy was because in the past I had been with similarly psychologically unhealthy people who immediately wanted to tell me that they loved me and immediately wanted to talk about marriage and kids and we were both psychologically unhealthy together and guess what those relationships fucking ended in varying levels of chaos and the first securely attached psychologically healthy person that I found myself in a relationship with, I almost sabotaged it because he had the emotional strength to stand in his power in front of me and say, hey, I really love the person you are. I love where we're going, but I'm not at a place to tell you that I want to marry you or have kids with you right now. And if I did, Molly, that wouldn't be true love. And I wouldn't be being true to you And I have too much respect for you as a person to lie to you or demonstrate unhealthy boundaries and unhealthy behaviors in this relationship with you. And now, three years later, 
Zaz and I are talking about marriage. We're talking about kids in the future. We're talking about the future together. And he talks openly about this with me. And he and I talked about this the other week. And he said, Molly, see, now that we're talking about this, I really mean it. And if I would have told you this three years ago, I would have been lying. And now you can really feel that I mean it when I say I love you and I want to build a family with you. So I encourage you, patience, boundaries, oversharing, and becoming too intimate too soon. It is one of the most self-sabotaging things you can do to yourself. And it is a surefire sign that you need to do some serious critical care surgery on your boundaries. And that's what we're here to talk about together. I shudder to think there was a guy I dated shortly after my first marriage fell apart. And this guy and I moved in together two months after meeting. He and I were both talking about having children months in and also having explosive fights and rushing into intimacy, not building any kind of solid foundation. I had no idea what his core values are and his beliefs were. And sure enough, six months down the line, I'm sitting on the couch with this man who I'd already been having unprotected sex with, moved in three months later after meeting him. And he turns to me on the couch and says that he believes that being gay is a choice and that he wouldn't want our future kids to watch any homosexual activity on the TV because he believes that that would turn our child gay. (laughs) I had to pick my fucking jaw up off the floor. And you want to know what? We got into a screaming match and our relationship began to break down at that point and I started to see the reality of his personality and his core values come to fruition at that point. But that's who that man always was. But I was so fucking blinded and I had such poor personal boundaries and I jumped in so fast and so soon because of what I wanted to see that I couldn't see the reality of this person who was right there in front of me. And guess what? That shit was on me. One of our very first dates, this man was so incredibly rude to a customer service person when we walked into a store. And guess what? I ignored it because he was so nice to me. He was love bombing me. He was so kind to me. Shitty boundaries, my friends. Too fast, too soon. Not an understanding of what real intimacy is. If you relate to that, I ask you, turn around, look in the mirror, and really tune into what we're talking about today. So why do we suffer from poor personal boundaries? I want to talk about this because I don't want you to blame yourself for having poor, diffuse boundaries. Stop for a minute and just really understand that it's not your fault that you have poor personal boundaries, but it is your responsibility to develop strong boundaries. And it's important while at the same time we step up and take responsibility for this, 
that we at the same time envelop ourselves in a bunch of compassion, right? If you're a longtime listener, you know how important self-compassion is. As children, we had no control what the authority figures in our life, like our parents, our teachers, and the adults around us taught us. And most people who have absent or weak personal boundaries had bad examples set for them when we were young. When we observe codependent dynamics within our families, this is oftentimes what contributed to our lack of personal boundaries, as well as us seeing and being taught that love equals what we did for other people, not who we inherently were. Let's unpack that for a minute. So speaking from my personal experience, my family dynamics were extremely codependent. My mom and dad's relationship, pure classic codependency. My parents met each other at a bar and immediately, I think after my dad ended a really toxic relationship, my mom was eight years younger than my dad and they were talking about marriage three months after meeting each other. They rushed into things really quickly. My mom had very little relationship experience. My dad even had, I think, very little relationship experience. And they fused together. So codependent. My mom was open with me when she was young that she and my dad almost got divorced early on in their relationship because of my dad's extreme jealousy issues. My mom couldn't go out with her friends. My mom was very active in theater and college, and my dad became so jealous and overprotective of my mom that she felt like she couldn't have friendships. And I watched that play out in my childhood life as well, where my mom, if she was gone too long with just her girlfriends at a coffee date, my dad would then give her the silent treatment for hours at a time when she would get home. If my mom didn't take my dad's side in a fight, if my dad exploded at me as a child, my mom would be terrified to take my side because she was so scared of my dad being mad at her. They're constantly together. They never leave each other's side. They have very few relationships outside one another. And not only that, growing up, I, w- I learned very quickly that if I wanted to experience the good side of my parents, specifically my father, that I needed to act a certain way. I couldn't speak my truth, which is speaking out the unhealthy dynamics that I witnessed. I very quickly learned that if I spoke my truth, that I would be shunned. And so I absolutely absorbed the message that love equals what I did, not who I was. And so I ask you to really wrap up that little child that lives inside of you. And you are not just that child. You are now a capable, fully grown, responsible adult who is responsible for where your life goes from here. But it's important that we offer that childhood part of ourselves that still lives inside of us the compassion and say, look, this is why I have poor boundaries, but I'm no longer that powerless child. I am a capable adult. And if I want my life to go a different direction, and if I don't want to be playing out 
these same dynamics and teaching our children the same patterns that we have now that are keeping us so stuck, that's part of the thing that motivates me most in my recovery journey. Not only am I recovering and learning new patterns for myself and my future self, I don't want to pass this stuff down to my kids because I know how much psychological turmoil I'm in currently and in the past trying to rewire my brain from all this bullshit that I saw. And I need you to know that I have so much compassion for my parents too, that they also witnessed unhealthy codependent dynamics. They saw that love equaled what you did and not who you were. This stuff goes back generation upon generation upon generation. We have to be the cycle breakers here. So there's no point in blaming our parents, thinking, woe is me, I'm the only one here experiencing poor boundary issues. Listen, join the fucking club. So many of us experience this, but together we can snap out of this and we can learn something new. So to continue on with unpacking these childhood dynamics, remember that as a child, your first role models that you had of acceptable behavior were your parents and your family members. That's what you were looking at. Think about it. It's just like learning a language. If you grew up in a home where English was the only language that was spoken, that's all you're going to know. If you go into another country where everyone's speaking German, you're not going to have any fucking clue what anyone's saying. If you grew up where there was a really toxic dynamic of unhealthy boundaries and codependency, when you are with someone who is healthy and secure, like I am with Zaz, it's like going to be being, as an American, plopped into Germany and not understanding the fucking language. I didn't understand the language that Zaz was speaking to me when he was expressing that intimacy takes time and that just because he wouldn't tell me he loved me two months into our relationship, that that didn't mean that he hated me and that there was no future. I didn't understand his language. You have to give yourself some grace and compassion because as a child, those role models that you had, that was acceptable behavior in your eyes. And you're going to have to teach yourself to learn that that was actually unhealthy and that you need to learn something else. So pause and reflect here. What messages did your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters or other adults that raised you send you growing up? Were you only given love when you pretended to be who your parents wanted you to be? Were you only rewarded when you went out of the way to sacrifice your needs and desires in favor of somebody else's needs and desires? Were you punished for saying no or speaking up? I sure as shit was. That, big time. Did you feel obliged to emotionally take care of another adult? Perhaps a parent? Because these were all signs that you were taught that lacking personal boundaries equaled a good thing. The signal that you received from your environment growing up was, boundaries are bad. If you have boundaries, you will not be shown love by your caregivers. And you needed love to survive. Do you understand? So Shelby, who sent that voicemail, messages from a grown adult from your mother saying, 
you're ruining my life. You're keeping me from my grandkids. This is your fault. That is a reflection of her poor boundaries and your poor boundaries, right? Because what you're seeing in Shelby's behavior, Shelby, you are having to resort to passive aggressive, maybe immature behavior of kind of ignoring texts or maybe exploding at your mom and cutting her off. And then your mom is reacting in also an immature and childish way of saying, you're ruining my life. You're keeping me from my grandkids. This is a sign that we need to reestablish healthy, firm boundaries. And we will explore more how to do that. And to Shelby, I just am offering you so much love and compassion because I can't imagine that you were raised in an environment where healthy boundaries were not modeled for you. A beneficial thing to talk about is some of the mistaken beliefs that we were conditioned to believe about boundaries. So let's discuss five myths about personal boundaries. The first one is that having boundaries is selfish. This is a really unhealthy perception that I just want us to snap out of now. Having personal boundaries is actually a form of self-respect and it's part of possessing good self-esteem. And all mentally and emotionally healthy people possess boundaries. And most mentally unhealthy people don't. And I count myself as someone who really struggles with boundaries. And I don't consider myself to be at the prime of my mental and emotional health, which is something I'm working on, which is why we're all taking this journey together. And I think it's important just to say out loud to yourself or acknowledge in this moment together with me is yes, we are people with poor emotional and mental health that struggle with boundaries. And in order to improve our emotional and mental health, we have to condition ourselves to stop believing the myth that having boundaries is selfish and recondition ourselves to the actual accurate belief that having personal boundaries is the best thing we can do for ourselves and for others. Now that brings me to the next myth about personal boundaries. And that's that having personal boundaries will cause your relationships to suffer. If you're in a codependent relationship, creating boundaries is definitely going to create discomfort. And I'm putting that, that's putting it mildly. It's going to be a fucking shit show at first. You need to expect explosions of anger and resistance sometimes when you start putting boundaries down. And you have to be ready for that. And you have to stand in your power. And you have to know that that's not going to be the way that it is forever. These explosions of anger and resistance are going to be temporary. I promise you. If your partner or the person that you're trying to set boundaries with, in Shelby's instance, her mother, is codependently entangled with you, they are going to be shocked and they will certainly resist your efforts to be happy and healthy. It's going to happen. Expect it. And the same thing goes for codependent friendships. And if this is the case, I really encourage you to consider whether being in a toxic friendship or relationship is really worth it for your mental, spiritual, emotional well-being. Now, it's so easy these days for people to say, that's a toxic relationship. I'm just going to cut them out. Ghosting is something I used to do all the time. 
I don't think this is spoken about often enough is how often those of us with poor boundaries choose to ghost someone and just label them as toxic because we are too either unaware that we have no boundaries because I did that a lot unconsciously but then even when I was aware that I had poor unhealthy boundaries I would cut people out and ghost them for no apparent reason because I was too much of a coward to state my boundaries so You need to know the difference between whether this is a relationship that's toxic and actually needs to be removed from your life. And even if it is, you need to sit down and have a conversation with that person or at least write them a message, explaining, have a phone conversation. If they're not a danger to you, you know the difference. If this person is dangerous and you need to ghost and cut, then fair. But there's also a chance that this person is maybe not a toxic person. Maybe they also had codependency and poor boundaries modeled for them growing up. And no one has given them the highest form of love, which is setting boundaries with them. So I encourage you to know the difference between when it's right to ghost, which in my opinion is only when it's like a safety issue, And when it is the mature adult thing and you need to step into your power and be brave and responsible and let people know how their behavior is impacting you and setting boundaries and being brave enough to take the blowback that might come and then still weathering that storm. Because a lot of times we avoid setting boundaries and we choose to ghost because we're too scared to deal with that uncomfortable wave of change that comes after setting a boundary. So any healthy and supportive relationship is actually going to thrive and encourage the establishment of personal boundaries. I gave you the example of Zaz, right? I pushed back against his boundaries at first, but he told me he loved me. He said he still wanted to be with me, but that my behavior And the boundaries had to change in order for him to feel safe and stay in our relationship. And guess what? I resisted it at first, but eventually I realized that it was the best thing for both of us. And now we're healthier than ever. So the myth that having personal boundaries will cause your relationships to suffer is a myth. Having personal boundaries will cause toxic relationships to explode and fall away. But If a relationship is meant to be in your life and you set the boundaries correctly and respectfully and stand your ground, your relationships will improve and thrive with time. I assure you. The next myth. Having personal boundaries will cause people to hate me. This is partly true. (laughs) The reality is that yes, Setting clear boundaries might step on a few people's toes, but creating boundaries is also going to cause people to respect you, hear you, and like you more. There's nothing more admirable than a person who refuses to take bullshit from other people. Not only that, but when you set boundaries, you'll actually attract more people who are willing to respect you and be authentic friends and intimate partners with you. The next myth. Having personal boundaries will make me miserable. Now, this is a common thing. 
And my response to this myth is simple. Creating personal boundaries might feel uncomfortable at first, but soon it's going to make you feel an empowered person and it's going to make you feel like you're finally in control of your life again. I'm speaking from personal experience. So the opposite of this myth is actually true. Having personal boundaries will make you so much happier. But just like anything worth having in life, you have to be strong enough to endure the initial discomfort with change. So many of us are comfortable in chaos and pain and toxic relationships. And we are too scared and too cowardly to endure the discomfort that is required to get us to the other side. Let's finish the episode today by talking about some benefits of creating strong personal boundaries because these are the things that you can expect when you put in the hard work of setting clear boundaries with the people in your life. First, you're going to be able to start saying no. There is a statement that I'm sure you're familiar with that says no is a complete sentence. You don't have to explain yourself. You are allowed to just say no. No, I'm not free today. No, I don't have the emotional capacity to talk with you about this right now. No, no is a complete sentence. Another benefit is you're going to feel empowered again. You're going to feel more in control of your life. You'll attract healthier and more supportive partners and friends. When you display healthy boundaries, people with healthy boundaries will be attracted to you. When you display poor boundaries, no control over yourself, those are the kind of people that you're going to attract into your life. Again, speaking from personal experience. Another benefit, you're going to have more mental, emotional, and physical energy. When we have poor boundaries, we are so fucking drained. And I know you can relate to this. When I started speaking up and just saying no and not expending more emotional labor on people that are not entitled to my emotional labor and laying down boundaries, I have so much more energy. Another benefit, you're going to be able to speak up and be heard. And as you speak up and feel heard, then you're going to start understanding what your needs and wants are. Those of us who haven't even given ourselves the chance to speak our truth Those are the people who, when we're asked, what do you need? What do you want? We are just like left with a blank stare because we spend so much of our time doing things for other people passive aggressively and having no boundaries that we don't know what our fucking needs are. So when you start speaking up, saying your truth, setting your boundaries, you feel empowered. You'll start feeling more appreciated and valued by the people in your life because you're giving them a chance. You're stating what you need, you're stating your boundaries, and you're giving them a chance to step up and appreciate and value you. So therefore, you're going to feel appreciated and valued back. You'll spend more time on yourself without guilt. Freeing up time for you by telling people no and laying down boundaries about what you do and don't want to do going to allow you to give more time to you, create more time for silence and space. You're going to experience more emotional balance and happiness. 
This is just a natural byproduct of setting boundaries if you can get past the initial moment of discomfort. You have to endure the pain of the initial part of setting the boundaries to experience that emotional balance and happiness. Then you're going to experience increased self-esteem and self-worth and feel more courage and freedom to be yourself. You'll really start to realize that you are worthy of love. You are worthy to feel appreciated by just being you. Saying no doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be loved and appreciated. And that is what boundaries is going to offer you. Freedom. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. But with practice and persistence, you will experience these benefits of setting boundaries. That's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much to you beautiful humans who have submitted me questions through the voicemail feature on the website. I've got quite a few other questions and I will be playing those on future episodes. So if you want to hear your voice on the podcast, if you just want to share love, send me a voicemail. If you want to respond to some of the listeners who submitted questions today, I would love that. And I'm sure these listeners would love to hear the perspective of other listeners. On this week's bonus episode for my premium subscribers, we are going to be diving even deeper into the concept of boundaries. We're going to be walking through some actual scripts of how to set boundaries with people. I'm going to be doing some of my favorite stuff, which is going on to Reddit and Let's find some advice from different people on Reddit on how they've set boundaries with people in their life. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty and the practical application of setting boundaries. So if you are interested in that, I really encourage that you become a premium subscriber for just $9.99 a month. You can have access to my private RSS feed. How that works is you go to my website, click sign up for bonus content, become a premium subscriber. It's in the banner of my website. I believe that Acast, which is my podcast host, will ask you to create an Acast account. You sign up, you enter your payment method, and then you are debited $9.99 a month. And then you get a link to my private RSS feed. And so when you click that link, it gets added to your podcatcher of choice. So that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you don't have to do anything from there. Just every week, my private RSS feed is unlocked. And when I upload bonus episodes, you get access to that bonus content. I highly encourage you to become a premium subscriber. I'm going to be starting to record meditations. I've got some really good practical application stuff that I'm going to be sharing for my premium subs. And if you want to dive much deeper into what I do, I really encourage you to subscribe. This is the way I'm going to be able to take what I do to another level. This is going to allow me to provide you the most value. And I am a human being out here trying to make a living. And of course, I'm going to give the next level of value to people who are willing to compensate me for my work. And if you are a creative out there, I encourage you to create an opportunity so that you can get paid for your work. I want to give a huge shout out to one of my listeners, Lawrence. He reached out to me and he just encouraged me to push 
my premium subscription more. He said that, Molly, you deserve to get compensated for what you do. Your podcast has helped me more than therapy ever has, and I pay three different therapists, and you deserve to get paid. And it's so easy. I get imposter syndrome. I feel guilty for asking people to pay me. But the fact of the matter is, I pay multiple different podcasters for their premium content, and I have no problem when they push their subscriptions because I know that they deserve to get compensated for their work and their emotional labor. If you want to subscribe, you get so much benefit. You are going to be accessing more content from me, and I would love it if you would join my premium subscriber tier. So again, if you'd like to do that, go ahead and go to backfromtheborderline.com and click the banner and you can become a premium subscriber. So until then, that's it from me. I will be unleashing that amazing boundaries bonus episode to my premium peeps. And until then, to all of you, I love you. Whether you subscribe or not, you have a very special place in my heart. And I will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.